Hey there, I'm Amanda Marcotte and this is How to Be a Badass-ish. The truth is, we're all badasses, we just forget. Because we also forget that we're human and sometimes we fall on our face. Join me in celebrating all life's failures because ultimately, that's the only way we grow. Oh, welcome back to How to Be a Badass-ish. It has been a very, very heavy few weeks. At the time of this recording, um, my family and I were on quarantine from COVID for 74 days. Um, George Floyd died. He was murdered by a white police officer in Chicago. I believe it was Chicago. Um, The location honestly doesn't matter. The problem is, is it sparked this massive, massive thing about police brutality. And honestly, the COVID quarantine set up this perfect storm. Before I get too far into all of that, though, um, I wanted to talk about what I've decided to do with this podcast. When I first started How to Be a Badass-ish, it was predominantly so that I could share my thoughts, my voice, and my downloads that I know can help so many people. But I also wanted to make sure that I was sharing the voices of others to let people know that you are not alone. Everybody goes through some shit. Everybody has to deal with trauma. Everybody has circumstances in their life that suck. And I still want to share all of those. But I realized that by putting them on the same platform as How to Be a Badass-ish, it became very heavy. It was no longer easy for me to just record a podcast and put it out there as it's meant to be when I get these downloads because I started analyzing everything. I wanted to make sure that if I recorded an interview, that it was between at least one one solo podcast and I didn't stack the interviews together and I didn't have solo podcasts back to back. And like I, I got very much up in my head about it. So I froze. And that's why I've been gone. I even went so far as to say, yeah, I think I'm going to be done for season two and I'll come back in a couple of months for season three, trying to figure out how exactly to get my brain to want to do all of that work and still make it something I wanted to do. Because when I first started this, I would sit down and record three and four podcasts at a time and then just let them go until I got another download. So what I've decided is I am going to take all of the interviews that I currently have, all the interviews that I have scheduled on the books, and all of the interviews that I would like to bring to the future, and I'm bringing them to a whole new platform. So I will be talking about that in the future. Right now, I'm not ready to announce the name of it or anything because I don't have any links to share with you. But I did want to mention to everybody that's listening, I would love it. I would love it so much if you will listen to the second podcast that will be the exact same structure, how to be a badass-ish with interviews and talking and celebrating about other people's failures and what they've overcome and their experiences in their life. But how to be a badass-ish will just be my voice. 
And now <laughs> on to the subject that is the most important right now, Black Lives Matter. Period. There doesn't need to be a discussion about it, but unfortunately there does need to be a discussion about it because that probably caused a visceral reaction in your body. If you're one of the white people who is really frustrated going, for fuck's sake, guys, can we stop making everything about race? And oh my God, and I've had hard knocks too, and I've worked for everything in my life, and I am not privileged just because of the color of my skin, and I'm poor, and I've been on food stamps, and I've been on WIC, and all of those things, you're probably missing the entire point. And if you're on the other side of that spectrum and that visceral reaction is, yes, damn it, they do. And the police brutality is not okay. And the way we treat people who live in this country, in the freest country in the entire world, well, I mean, that's what we say because we're Americans and we like to have an ego, um, then, then you're probably participating in the protests. And having a voice on social media and, and accentuating melanated voices. And there's all these hashtags and these movements and these wonderful things that are happening. And I'm going to speak on both sides of them. So first, the positive. The positive thing that I think people are not really paying attention to. The COVID quarantine caused the perfect storm. Because for three months... We did nothing but kind of fear for our lives and our loved ones, and we were very shut down. We were forced to rest for three solid months to let our bodies and our minds just be. You have, I think at last count, I saw something obscene, like 40 million people out of work, which completely diminishes the the Great Depression, by the way. <laughs> It, it makes the Great Depression look like it was a bad day, and that was it. Um, so you have all of these people who are at home who have nothing better to do than to make funny TikTok videos and sleep all day and just do self-care, things that they never, ever, ever justified having time to do. Like my husband and I started tag-teaming who sleeps in past 9 o'clock. And at first, I was really worried about my son waking up at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, excuse me, in the morning and going downstairs. And I didn't know what he was doing. But here's the thing is I always knew what he was doing because my six-year-old is very much like me. And he needs his alone time. And I noticed that one day I woke up, I was very stressed about it. And I said, Damon, you have to wake me up. Baby, you cannot let me sleep. I do not want you by yourself downstairs. I don't know what you're doing, even though logically I did. Uh, I said, I don't know what you're doing. And it worries me that you're awake that long without mom and dad. So I come downstairs and I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I didn't sleep very well the night before. And I immediately laid into my six-year-old about pick up the wrappers from your protein bar and make yourself fill up your water bottle. And did you go pee? Did you brush your teeth? And put your, put your blue light glasses on so that it's not hurting your eyes. And I don't want you watching that show. And maybe you should do something else. And I just kind of, I don't know, laid into him. And it dawned on me... <laughs> That if I had been stuck in quarantine with my parents as a child, if there was a chance 
that I could be left the F alone, I would have done the same thing. And I suddenly thought to myself, you know, he's never lit the house on fire. He doesn't want to do anything. He's literally sitting there watching cartoons of his choice and eating the food he wants to eat. And that's all he's doing. He's six. So if he has to pee, he'll go by himself. I don't have to instruct him on when to go to the bathroom. He's not potty training. If he's worried about us or if he needs us, he knows exactly where we are. He doesn't get onto any of his tablet. He doesn't He doesn't play, even if he does play video games, he's got a Nintendo Switch. So he plays Lego games and he plays Harry Potter games and he's not connected to the internet. So he's not talking to creepers. And I kind of went, you know what? This is ridiculous. I... I'm, I'm t- treating my son like he's completely untrustworthy. This has, this will come full circle, I promise. I said, I, I'm, I'm treating him like he's completely untrustworthy for literally no other reason than my sheer paranoia. So I went, you know what, kid? I'm just going to set you up for success and I'm going to let you do you. So now my husband and I will tag team on who gets up by nine because it's one thing to have him by himself downstairs for an hour, hour and a half and have him down him down here by himself for three hours, right? Like there's a little bit of a difference. So when one of us sleeps in, the other gets up and we come down and just say, did you eat? Do you want something else to eat? Is there anything that you need? And nine times out of 10, he's like, no, nope, I'm totally fine. All right, cool. So I put out some nuts in a, in a bowl and I will put, he really likes pistachios. So I'll put pistachios in a bowl with an empty bowl so he can put the shells in there and eat the pistachios. And I'll make sure he has a protein bar and I will fill up his water bottles and I will make sure his blue light glasses are sitting on the table before I go to bed. So I'm setting him up so that he can do whatever he's going to do without me needing to assist him. I get extra sleep and he gets to be independent and just live his life. Now, when everything exploded and happened with with so many, so many black lives, but specifically with George Floyd and and everything that happened um, over on the East Coast, for us at least, I started having real conversations with my son and I realized that we were given this opportunity to rest, connect with our families and do nothing but play on the internet so that when this incident happened again, because it has happened multiple times, way too many times in history, we like to pretend that the civil rights movement was kind of the end all and be all and all of a sudden everybody became equal And we like to pretend like having a peaceful protest will always get results. But the problem is, well, there's three problems. The first one, as white people, we were very offended when Colin Kaepernick kneeled solely to represent how black people are being kneeled on and suffocated by the police when they're saying, I can't breathe. When someone tells you, I can't breathe, The humane thing is at minimum to shift your weight and say, okay, you're still pinned down. You're still being arrested. You're still in trouble, but can you breathe now? 
That didn't happen. So Colin Kaepernick kneeled to show in a very peaceful manner what was happening. And oh my God, were all the white people offended, especially people like Tommy Loren, who is, I'm pretty sure, a mutated Barbie, because I don't really see any humanity, humanity in her at all. I never have. Half the shit that comes out of her mouth, all I can think is, oh my God, like, you are one of the most soulless people I've ever watched, ever. Like, her misery is, is abundant, and she loves to spread that misery and hatred. Second thing, when these pe peaceful protests started, it was also the wrong way. You don't protest like that. Oh, okay. Well, um, the definition of a protest is to bring awareness of something that is not right, that is not okay, something that somebody is doing to you that needs to be changed. And then when they escalated and there started to be riots and police were throwing what gas, um, what is that called? Um, tear gas into crowds who were walking with cardboard down a street chanting. That's what they were doing. That is what they were doing. And suddenly they're being shot with rubber bullets and, and tear gas is being let loose into crowds, which I will remind you, tear gas is banned by the Geneva Convention. And what that means is it is illegal worldwide to use tear gas during war. And yet we're doing it to our own people. Not only are we doing it to our own people, but these riots were instigated um, <laughs> not by the protesters, I might add. Now, this is why I think this is the perfect storm. And this is why I'm so happy this is actually happening now, because you have people who have been sitting for three solid months bored out of their damn minds and worried about the future and what is going to happen and they're unemployed. How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to feed my kids? They are getting a taste of what millions of Americans deal with every single day. So this is the pattern that's developed in my brain. Okay. You have this massive, massive inequality, pay inequality. And we actually see this COVID thing hits and the country gets shut down. March 13th, Friday the 13th is when Portland was shut down. So it gets shut down. And all of a sudden, these billionaires who had to get a bailout again after receiving massive tax breaks, the average person is like, wait, 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 hold the fuck up. Wait a minute. You just got a massive tax break. You just got a couple billion dollars in bonuses. Like, and now I'm unemployed because our incompetent president decided to completely ignore all of the signs and throw his temper tantrum like a like an overgrown toddler like is what he does on a regular basis and so these same people said well you're kind of on your own i know we live in a society where we are completely dependent on going to the grocery store to feed ourselves i know we live in a society where we are completely dependent on gasoline to be able to get from point a to point b I know we are a society who is completely dependent on having very well-paying jobs in order to have shelter for our family, but I mean, that sucks. 
figure it out. Like, plant a garden. Do what you got to do because we're not going to help you. Like, they all but laughed in the American people's faces, right? So now you have these people who were making $100,000 a year drop down to poverty dealing with what so many people who are underpaid, white, back, white, black, brown, red, all of the colors, are severely underpaid. And suddenly these people are going, holy shit, you deal with this all the time? And these people who have been living in poverty are like, yeah, let me show you how to be poor. Let me show you how to shop so that you can feed your family for the month. Let me show you how to live paycheck to paycheck because, dude, the only thing that changed for me is now I get to stay home with my kids. Everything else is exactly the same. I'm still fighting paycheck to paycheck. I still can't afford my bills. I still can't, can barely afford shelter. So these people who were in the, in the made up middle class, which doesn't really exist anymore, are suddenly knocked down to what poverty is really like. And they're bored and they sit at home. And at first it was all panic and anxiety. And then as they started to get into the flow with it, they're like, oh my God, I've had dinner with my family every single night. And in cases like me and my husband, oh my God, I've actually slept in. I've actually been able to recover some of my sleep. I'm not as angry. I don't feel as exhausted. Like, don't get me wrong. I still feel tired because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the sleep deprivation that has accumulated over a decade is not going to be solved in two months of sleeping in past 10. But it's starting to. And then, because we live in 2020, and because the internet is in everybody's pocket, social media, we've got 15 different social media platforms, news can travel in the speed of seconds, not weeks, not even days. Because when the King riots happened, What was that in the, I don't see, I'm terrible with dates, but I know when the King riots happened, the internet was not what it is now. So you have these peaceful protesters who the news is painting them as being rioters and thugs and all of this other stuff. When 10 days before you saw these stupid white people showing up with assault rifles, walking into the Capitol building and the police and the military were just like, all right, like, just don't, I mean, I, I don't know how to, how to tell you, like, don't make any mess. Okay. Make sure, make sure you put that in the garbage, please. Can you throw your Starbucks cup in, in the garbage? Like that would be nice. They were protesting wearing masks, which means that they are the type of people who disregard other people's thoughts and feelings and life as a whole. Anyway, the same people who tote about how if you're pro-choice, then you're a murderer. They're okay going in mass quantities during a fucking pandemic that is a respiratory disease without masks. They don't care if they kill Grandma June, like let alone anybody else, because asking them to think about other people is just obscene. Like how dare you? The audacity of asking you to care about people other than yourself, right? So those people showed up Those were labeled by the powers that be as good, upstanding citizens. Fast forward to watching that horrific video of George Floyd. And if you haven't watched it, you need to. You need to seek it out. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's one of the hardest things that you will watch. Because this grown man, I'm going to start sobbing everybody. This grown 
man is talking to his dead mother, saying, Mama, they're going to kill me. He's not talking to anybody. He's not talking. At that point, he's literally starting to cross over and he's terrified. And you can see that whole escalation and de-escalation happen in that in that video and because of the way the internet is this is the beautiful side of it the horrific beauty in this that was like the shot heard around the world right we talk about that with the revolution starting the shot heard around the world and it's because the energy that was sent out there was a meme that a white woman thank god it was a white woman because here's the biggest problem is when you dismiss the Black Lives Matter movement, you are one of those people who doesn't actually care about other people at all. You don't care what race they are. You don't care what their status is. You don't care what their situation is. As long as you are taking care of me, myself, and I, and you are the most selfish person on the planet without even realizing how selfish and self-centered you actually are, you don't hear when people cry for help. And this woman said when he called out for his mama, he called out for all mothers. And thank God we're in 2020 because this movement has become the largest protest in the history of mankind. Because people were able to sit. They're not at work. They don't hear it at five o'clock when they come home and look on Facebook. They don't have a fucking job to lose right now. Thank you, Trump. So they're sitting at home. They've been bored. They see this happening and it causes a visceral reaction, which is the ripple that is starting the tidal wave. For the first time in history, truly, you are seeing a massive change. You are seeing companies stand up and say, I am ignorant. I have failed. I want to do better. You have white people who are bombarding, unfortunately, black people, expecting them to be the walking African-American encyclopedia, which is just as racist. Like you're expecting the one black person you know to know their entire history when if you know history at all, we tried to eradicate it from them just like with the Native Americans, just like with Latinos. White people have a tendency to erase, eradicate, and reset to what we deem to be quote-unquote proper. It's happened for millennia. And yet, with this great awakening and with everybody being forced to go in and purge things that no longer work, and you can be as non-woo as you want, but you cannot deny that patterns don't exist. There was another meme that was talking about the planetary alignments during the Revolutionary War, suffrage, the King riots, and I think there was one other thing. Those were all four very powerful things that happened in American history. And right now, all of those planetary alignments are happening at one time. It's like the movie Hercules, where they say the planets will align ever so nicely, and then the Titans gets released. That's that's basically what is happening right now. 
shit is coming down and wrongs are starting to be righted and people are starting to pay attention and they are starting to understand exactly what we have done and what we have what we have benefited from even me i i don't consider myself to be someone that is extremely learned on all races racism but right now i'm kind of proud of a lot of white people because they're basically in in kindergarten level, right? They're waking up to this where black people, part of the reason that they're so exhausted and they're like, I am not your walking encyclopedia. Like find your own fucking research, go on Google, go somewhere else, read a book because they are tired. They are collegiate athletes at dealing with racism. And we're in kindergarten waking up going, oh my God, no, this isn't okay. This isn't okay. I consider myself maybe, maybe in third grade as far as this is concerned. Maybe. But even I have bias. Even I am doing my best to learn and to educate myself so that I can go back and talk to my white friends and family in Montana and Idaho who are from very small, poor towns who are talking about, well, all lives matter. No shit. No one said they didn't. Ever. But the problem is, I know without question and for a fact, not a single one of my friends or family have talked to their six-year-old child on exactly what to say and what to do if they are pulled over by the cops so that they don't get beaten or killed or both. I know, I know that conversation has never happened with my white friends and family. I know that my white nephews have never been mistaken for a grown man when they weren't even in puberty simply because of racial bias. I know that somebody doesn't look at them and go, yeah, you're going to be an inmate. You definitely use drugs just because they dress or talk a certain way. When they get older, you can always tell the people who use drugs because their skin basically deteriorates. But I'm talking about high schoolers that have barely even entered society. Profiling them as being a bad apple for literally no other reason than because of the way they look. We all have biases. We all do. And that's why this Black Lives Matter movement is so powerful because this is bringing awareness to things that are so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Someone asked me, what's the difference between systemic and systematic? I don't understand. What's the difference between the, those with racism? Well, I'm not going to talk about racism because the second I say that, as far as racism, you shut down. I will talk about it from a much simpler metaphor. Let's say you are systematically taking Tylenol every single day for months on end because you cannot get rid of this stupid headache. You don't know what it is, but you're not going to go to the doctor because you live in America, which means you probably do not have life insurance or excuse me, health insurance. You probably don't have life insurance either. And if you don't have health insurance and you go to the doctor and you can't afford to pay them, you're going to go bankrupt. So you opt to not go to the doctor, right? Yay, America. When you finally cannot handle these headaches after months and months and months and months and months of systematically taking Tylenol like they are your vitamins every single night, 
you go to the doctor and you find out, well, the reason that your head hurts so bad is because you have a brain tumor. A brain tumor is systemic. It's a problem so deep that without surgery, invasive surgery, you will die. Without solving this problem immediately, it will only get worse. Without bringing attention to this problem as uncomfortable and detrimental as it possibly is for you and detrimental, detrimental as it probably is for you, it's something that needs to be addressed. You don't go to the doctor and find out you have cancer and go, oh, well, that sucks. I guess I suppose to probably eat some more broccoli. All right, I'll do that. No. White people as a whole are finding out we have cancer. We have brain tumors. We have MRSA and we have sepsis. And it is an uncomfortable conversation. And it is something that black people are on the other side going, (laughs) welcome to the party, dude. Like, glad it took you 200 years. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's a very uncomfortable conversation. But that's why it's so necessary. A seed gets destroyed to become a plant. A tree does not get planted unless the fire burns throughout the forest. Just because it is uncomfortable and makes you question everything in your history, in your life, in your conversations, and in your conversations with your children does not mean it is not necessary. In fact, it means it's more so. It is extremely important that you pay attention and stop putting the spotlight back on you. We cannot deal with the poverty issue and with the SNAP issue and WIC and losing your jobs and all of that shit until we talk about Black Lives Matter. And what that actually means. We can't. And this whole thing, well, they need to be more peaceful. How many times, I'm going to put this on two sides, right? Because if you're a parent, you understand both sides. Because inevitably, you've been a child. When you're a child, and you're trying to tell your parents something very important, and you start out very calm, mom, mom, hey, mom, mom. And mom's not listening. She's ignoring you. She's telling you to go away. She's telling you to do whatever. Pretty soon, you start yelling. And then you start throwing fits. And then if they're really not listening, you start throwing shit because you need them to hear you. And on the flip side, parents do it all the time. I know I do it. When you feel like you're constantly being ignored. Hey, you've got 15 minutes and then I need you to put on your shoes, okay? Hey, kiddo, you got 10 minutes. Can you please go get your shoes? Because we got to go. We got to go in 10 minutes. We have to leave. Hey, baby, it's five minutes. We got to go. I I really need you to get up and get your shoes. I need you to go get your shoes. We have to leave in five minutes. Listen, it's time to go. It's five minutes. I told you this five, 10, 15 minutes ago. You got to get your shoes. We got to go now. We got to go now. And then pretty soon you're late and you are screaming like a damn banshee. 
Like, why didn't you listen to me? Oh my God, I need you to put your shoes on. And you're losing your shit just trying to get out the freaking door to get onto an appointment on time. It is the same thing with protests. And for people who say, well, peaceful protests, you're going to get a lot more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. Yeah. And you get a pile more with manure. We have... <laughs> We have built up a pile of shit so big that we actually think it's normal. We actually think living in these type of conditions and treating other people the way we do is okay. And it's normal. But I'm going to tell you two things. First one, the suffrage movement started out as peaceful protests. Women were marching the streets saying, I deserve the right to vote. That was a hundred years ago. That's it. A hundred years ago, women were allowed to vote. But before that happened, women were chaining themselves to buildings and lighting those buildings on fire. Even Martin Luther King did not say, sit on your hands and pretend, just be the nicest person you can possibly, right? Don't cause any rifts. Don't do anything because at some point, if you are pushed and shoved and told that you are dumb long enough, you are going to fight back because they are not listening. And ironically, the protests that are happening right now are not actually the protesters who are violent. They don't become riots until the cops are firing tear gas onto children and shoving 75-year-old men hard enough that they're hitting their head on concrete and having blood come out of their ears. That man is in severe critical condition, by the way. I'm not sure if that little girl was able to recover her eyesight because of the way she was shot up in Seattle. And circling all the way back to this beautiful storm, that's happening. Because of the internet, you can no longer lie to people. People are not taking pictures and videos and snippets and then going, yep, on Fox News, on CBS, on NBC, on any of those major news stations that have major sponsors with major money involved. They're getting this quintessential picture of everything is perfect and then all hell breaks loose. And it's the rioters' fault. It's the protesters' fault. No, 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 no. There are protesters who are duct taping battery packs to allow their phone to have a charge for hours on end going live. Forget about a video at this point. They are live streaming exactly what is happening, including these white guys showing up in black hoodies and black gloves starting the looting telling all of these protesters, hey, I pulled a bunch of stuff out of this store. Do you want to help me offload it? There is actually a video circling around. This white guy with a beard wearing a hoodie and black gloves is walking up to protesters and saying, I've got all of this stuff pulled out of the store on the picnic table. How about you help me offload it? There are piles of bricks that are magically showing up in the middle of protest routes to encourage the rioting and the anger. There are news station anchors 
or I, I don't I guess guests are not anchors, the people that go to the protests to report the news live. There are actually news people who are playing this sound of gunfire on their phone to make it seem like the protesters are opening fire. There are videos of police who want this to be shut down that are breaking windows. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that the police... Actually, hold on. I need to think about my thoughts about that one for a second because as far as I'm concerned, there are very good cops. There are good, good cops. But when you know something is not okay and you know something is wrong and you don't say anything about it, you are just as bad. You don't have to be the one kneeling on somebody's neck, suffocating them to be the one in the wrong. If you're the dude standing there next to the car, checking your phone and watching traffic while your partner is literally slowly killing somebody, you are enabling a murder with your uniform on. That's a bad person. You either have integrity or you don't. There is no gray area with integrity. There isn't. The fact that those men allowed that to happen on video is horrifying. The men who have, I think there's a couple of uh, female cops as well, but the cops who have turned in their badges because their chief of police said, if you go kneel with those protesters, you no longer have a job. And those police officers went, okay, well, then I guess I'm unemployed too. Just like 40 million other Americans right now. You can't hide with the internet. That's why I think there's never a good time for that to happen. There's never a good time for somebody to be murdered so, so dismissively. They just they just didn't give a shit. That's the problem. And I don't care if you're white, black, poor, whatever. What we have been proven, especially in the year 2020, is that if you don't have money, you don't matter. And the reason the Black Lives Matter is so important, and I am speaking directly to white people who don't understand it right now, the reason Black Lives Matter is because we brought them here. Our ancestors brought them here. Our ancestors eradicated their history, their language. They shamed them for simply existing when they didn't have a choice. They've continued to shame them when all they wanted to do was just make a living and just be with their family and just move the fuck on. And now they watch their loved ones be hunted down like animals on a regular basis while we sit around and yeah, we've got our own hard knocks and we've got our own shit and we've got poverty and wick and everything else. 
but I've never had a conversation with my son to make sure that he puts his hands up, announces his full name, his age, and say, I am unarmed if he's ever stopped by a cop. That's privilege. I don't know a single black person who has not had that conversation with their kids. I don't know a single black person that doesn't vividly remember having those conversations every single day with their parents growing up. That's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. Change comes in waves. In 2018, it was the Me Too movement. And I remember sitting there watching the Kavanaugh hearings and being horrified at the response of the cis men that I surrounded myself with. I remember straight white men telling me over and over and over again, well, not all men. Why, why are we being put into the spotlight? Not all men. We don't do that. Okay. That's true. Why didn't you shut that dude down in the locker room when he was talking about women? Like the only thing good about them was how their vagina was. Why have you never shut down your buddies at poker night when they talk about women like objects? Why have you never put a man in his place? when you see him getting completely inappropriate with a girl in a bar because you don't want to be punched in the face? Cool, I get that. We'd like to not be raped. And telling women how not to get raped is the equivalent of black people telling their families how not to get arrested and not get killed. It seems rather asinine when they are not the ones doing it. The heart of it is police brutality and the completely unbalanced amount that black people are policed, brutalized, incarcerated, judged. I always felt like, as a woman, I had to fight twice as hard to prove myself. And I can say this, and it's heartbreaking. I'm very thankful I'm not black in America today. I think those people are powerful and stronger than we give them credit for. I have conversations with my son about bullies. One of my dear friends has conversations with her son about how not to get killed. The worst thing that we can do right now is act like those white guys and say, well, not, not all white guys, not all guys. When we say all lives matter, we are completely dismissing the entire point. We are completely disregarding their experiences and their reality. Just like Mitch McConnell or Steve Mnuchin or whatever obtuse 
idiot we have that decided $1,200 was plenty for you to live off of while you were unemployed for four months. You could just put it in savings, right? Like, I mean, just spread it around a little bit. How out of touch they are to your reality is just how out of touch you are to the average black person's reality. And I don't say this like I know. I will never know. I will never know what it is like to be a black mother. I will never know what it's like to be a man. I will never know what it's like to be transgender. I will never know what it's like to be a gay person that doesn't mean you can't learn, that you can't listen. In fact, that means that's your obligation. If you really want to do better, if you really want to grow and evolve and you want this to change for the better and have everyone evolve, start talking to people that you would never talk to. Start following accounts that you are drawn to, but make sure that they have more than one color. Now there's a there's a flip side of that, because I know when the start of this happened and there was a hashtag, Amplify Melanated, Mel, Melanin Voices, um, I think that's what the hashtag was. There were some accounts that I followed for quite some time that went from hmm, three or 4,000 followers, right? Nothing, I mean, nothing to shake a stick at, to 270,000 followers, they were bombarded with white people suddenly going, okay, I'm going to prove that I am not racist. Now, here's my question. Did you actually scroll through their feed and see if you were interested in what they had to say three weeks ago? Or did you follow them because they were black and you wanted to look like you weren't a racist person? That's a real question. That's no judgment. That's a real question. Because it completely defeats the purpose if you're following accounts just to look a certain way and not following them because you're drawn to their energy, to what they said before, to how they approach the world and the things that they say. Case in point, there's this amazing, amazing spiritual leader that I follow on Instagram, the official Phoenix Rising. I, com I consider her one of the most beautiful energies I've ever seen in my life. And I started following her months ago. And I started opening a conversation with her, not because she's a black woman, but because I was so drawn to her. Same with this business coach, Vivian Kay. When you look at her older stuff, she is full of joy. She is full of happiness. She is just like the epitome of sunshine. And you just want to hug this woman. And it's just astounding. And she gives amazing business advice. She truly wants to empower all the women in the world. I didn't follow her because she's a black woman. I followed her because of what she brings to the table. So don't make the mistake of just putting more color in your crayon box. 
Make sure that you are still drawn to the people that you want to have the same vibration with. Make sure you interact with these people because you want to learn from them. Not because you want to seem more woke. People can see through your bullshit. And admitting that you are ignorant, admitting that you are wrong, admitting that you need to learn more is a great start. Don't bombard them. Just sit back and listen. I posted that a couple of weeks ago, specifically calling out white girls and saying, listen, you are doing to these black people what men did to us during Me Too. Stop it. This is not a time for you to put in your two cents. This is a time for you to sit down and listen. Unless your two cents is to get other people to pay attention. I tried really hard to be silent. I did. I wanted so much to put nothing but these beautiful, powerful, amazing, talented Black people in the forefront. I wanted so much to do just that because there's so many people in my circle that fit this quote-unquote trend that should be celebrated front and center anyway. And I wanted so much to just make them center stage. And I realized that there were people who got up out of the theater just because that's not what they came to hear. That's part of the problem. In 2020, with people going live and people sharing their stories and so many powerful people of color, black neighborhoods, Latino, indigenous, you name it. Me Too movement, people on the poverty line, people fighting for universal health care so that they can actually get their child vaccinated. If there is a subject, not just Black Lives Matter, but if there is a subject that you are truly ignorant about, you don't have to splash it all over the world. You don't have any reason to be embarrassed. You can educate yourself without looking like an asshole. That's the whole point of this. This is at the forefront because this has been such a problem for so long that instead of stopping and listening to somebody and hearing their story, we're leaving the theater and going, well, this is not what I came for. How the fuck do you know? How do you know that that person's story is not exactly what you needed to hear? How do you know that you won't be able to relate with that person more than any other human on the planet? How do you know that this person whose account you're following on the download just to learn what type of person they are and sharing their stuff because it's a powerful message, how do you know you are not going to connect with that person and they're going to become somebody that you admire so strongly and would love to just spend 10 minutes in the same room with because you want to feel their energy? How do you know? There is no room 
for ignorance in 2020. The big marketing scheme was the 2020 vision. Well, that's what's happening. Things are becoming very clear. Our history is becoming very clear. And I need you guys to pay attention because colleges all around the country right now are basically having massive purges in their library. There is a local university here, Portland Community College. I found out that their library attendants were going in and removing all the books on the Civil War and a couple of other different historical books, which is the exact opposite. We need to educate ourselves. We need to listen to other people's stories. We need to pay attention to something other than what is happening in our life because I guarantee you, without question, unequivocally, if you help someone fix a massive problem like the Black Lives Matter, if you help fix that, a lot of other things are going to be fixed. It is totally true and totally accurate that police brutality is not just towards black people. It's totally true that there are white people who get kneeled on and die. And there is not some massive historical movement that happens for their name. It's totally true that there are police who beat the shit out of their wives. And because of the blue coat of silence, they don't have any repercussions. But until you address one problem, you will never be able to get to the other one. Think of it as the way you heal your body. You might have a heart condition. You might have high cholesterol. You might even have cancer. But if you're 300 pounds on a 5 by 5 frame, well, the first problem is getting rid of that weight. And then you can address all the other things. If you want to change everything else in America, the hugely unbalanced and the massive, massive income, like, (laughs) canyon that's between people, and the poverty problem, and the healthcare crisis, and all of that stuff, you need to fix something that's so systemic, so cancerous, that most of us are completely, completely unaware, completely oblivious until we watch something that happens every single day in the Black community. Now is the time to actually educate yourself in all facets. Because of that, that is how you become a badass. Thank you guys so very much for joining me today and for listening. If you loved this episode or hated it, I would love to hear your feedback. 
And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at howtobeabadass-ish. And I look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Have a wonderful day.